0: What's up, and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and Hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint. You can ask me anything and everything about morality, to spirituality, to relationship advice, to evangelization, and the list goes on. I will sit with your questions and try my best to respond in such a way that is good for you and your walk toward eternity. If you're a first time listening, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.senshippress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and view us on iTunes, podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats that are out there and you can share some of your of social media pages if the show has been helpful for you potentially it can become helpful for other people and their journey with the Lord as well on today's show we have a question about divine mercy Sunday obviously that's coming up this upcoming Sunday and so we have a question about the origins of divine mercy and what the the core content of the message is of divine mercy and so before we get into that topic though I want to share with you a glorious story Right, so our glory story this week is this. A few years ago, before COVID, I was able to travel to Poland with one of my good friends, Father Todd Lloyd and uh, Jeff Cavins, uh, fellow Ascension Presents uh, fellow. And we had a great, great, great pilgrimage. We spent a lot of time visiting the home of John Paul II and uh, spent time at Maximilian Kobish Shrine and where Edith Stein uh, was martyred. But we also spent time with the nuns. Uh, who are in Saint Faustina's order? And while we were there in Poland, I heard a story that I've heard a few different times, but the way I heard it in Poland was this: years ago, there was a man. There was a man who was a priest, and his one of his extended family members was really sick, and so he traveled all the way, I guess, to California to go and visit this person in the hospital to administer the sacraments. And he didn't live in California. Maybe he lived in Iowa or something like that. And he gets to California and he gets to the hospital. And when he gets to the hospital, a nun greets him. And full heaven nun, she said, like, hey, father, do you mind going to room like 410 uh, to go administer the sacraments to the patient in room 410? He needs the sacraments. He's probably going to curse you out. He's been cursing everybody. out. Here. I, I send a priest there all the time. He curses them out. But like when he curses you out, because he probably will stay, just please stay and talk to him. And he's try. So after he went to go offer the sacraments to his family member. He went to this room and he walked in. And of course, the guy saw the collar and the guy began to curse. And he said, look, I just wanted to offer you God's mercy. I don't want God's mercy. I don't need God's mercy. God's mercy isn't for me. The guy began to complain. And so the priest, instead of just respying anger, and like, okay, well, forget you. He asked the guy, well, why is God's mercy not for you? And the guy was like, God would never forgive me. So he might as well not like even try. I so said, I just want to offer you a blessing. God would not want to bless me. Well, why? Why won't God bless you? And the guy said, you want to know why? Here's why. Because I'm a murderer. And he said, okay, so tell me about that. God's forgiven murderers in the past. St. Paul, he was responsible for Stephen's death. Moses killed somebody. So what is it about your murder that makes you different from them? And he's like, I killed an entire family. He said, many years ago, I used to um, drive the train and I was drunk one day. And because I was drunk, I ended up hitting a family and I killed an entire family. That's why God won't forgive me. This happened in the 1970s and I just, I can't forgive myself ever since I did this. So why would God forgive me for killing a, a whole family? And the priest said, was it on the year like 1976 in April, whatever, and it gave a specific date. And the guy said, yeah, how did you know? And the priest said, well, because you didn't kill the whole family. You killed my family, but I wasn't with him that day. Oh, the guy just broke down in tears. And the priest said, I want you to know I forgive you. I forgive you. And the guy was able to receive God's love and God's mercy that day and repent and come back to the church. And um, And the priest was obviously like just shaking up because this is the guy who killed his family. But man, whoa. So the priest wasn't expecting that. So he went back downstairs to go talk to the nun. And when he got back downstairs, he met a woman who was a receptionist at the front of the hospital. And he asked her, he said, where's the nun at? And she said, what nun? He said, the nun. wearing the full habit. She said, we don't have any nuns here at this hospital. He said, yeah, yeah. It was a nun who was working here. She said she's a chaplain and she wanted me to go up there. She said, sir, we don't have a, a nuns." And, and he began to describe the nun. And she said, it sounds like St. Faustina. She said, you know, I have this devotion to divine mercy. And she showed him an a image of St. Faustina. He was like, that's, that's her. She said, well, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been praying the divine mercy chaplet. And, and so clearly Faustina appeared to you to send you to him so that he could receive God's mercy before he died whoa is that not a is that not a glory story come on with it won't the lord do it won't he do it yes he will and yes he did so the glory story is man god will always reach out to us he will always reach out to us even to the very end to make sure that we receive his love and mercy with that let's jump into our question about divine mercy Question this week comes in from Anonymous. It's a very simple question. What is Divine Mercy Sunday? So Divine Mercy Sunday uh, obviously is the result of a request made by Jesus to a nun by the name of Sister Faustina. Now we call her Saint Faustina. Uh, She was a Polish sister and a Polish nun to be specific. And in the 20th century, God appeared to her and he asked her to make a request of the Holy Father to establish Divine Mercy Sunday. And so the Feast of Divine Mercy Sunday was eventually established. And I think it's important that uh, to notice that this is not something just super rare in the church's history. Like there's a hermit of continuity with God. He's asked nuns in the past to do this. Uh, As you all know, I'm the pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Church and School, the best School in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. If you want your kids to come here, we have a pre-K three through eighth grade school. We have nuns here on our campus who do adoration with our kids every Thursday. We celebrate mass every Friday uh, and we pray every single day. And so it's a great school. It's a great Catholic school. And um, yeah, it's just awesome. So if you live in the Baton Rouge area, please come to Sacred Heart of Jesus. Check us out. I really am super excited about all the really amazing things that are happening here, but not to be a plug for my school, but God appeared to St. Jesus Christ appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque many years before, and he asked her to establish, the um, to make a request for there to be a, a solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus as a feast day, a liturgical feast day. So God's done this before. So Jesus Christ, just as he appeared to St. Margaret Mary, he appeared to St. Faustina, the nuns, and he asked them both to make feast days of this particular apparition. And so what's cool about Divine Mercy Sunday, though, and is that it falls on the, the second Sunday of Easter, which is always the readings of Jesus Christ appearing to the apostles in the upper room, showing them his wounds. And Thomas, like, literally placing his hands in the wounds of Jesus. And the Divine Mercy image itself is all about Jesus showing us his wounds. And so, like, the Divine Mercy Sunday image goes with the readings from the lectionary and sacred scripture. So that's pretty, pretty profound and pretty awesome. Um, It's as if God knew what he was doing when he asked for this, this feast day to be celebrated in the Easter octave. So Divine Mercy Sunday, again, was given to us Uh, by God uh, through a sister, a Polish sister, Sister Maria Faustina, and particularly through her generosity to to say yes to God. Um, And so this devotion spread in the 40s and the 50s in Poland. And then when a Polish priest became a Polish bishop and eventually became a Polish cardinal and then he became a pope, Pope St. John Paul the Great, our first Polish pope in the church's history. He had a devotion to divine mercy, uh, being that it was a devotion from his motherland. And so he then took it from Poland and spread it throughout the whole world. And the devotion is simply emphasizing most apparitions. They they don't give us necessarily a new teaching. They emphasize something that has been forgotten. And so the teaching, the biblical teaching that this devotion emphasizes is that of St. Paul, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. The core message of the devotion is that no matter what we've done, or what we haven't done, we can always be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ if we simply repent of our sins. Even if it is at the very last moment of our lives, Jesus Christ wants us to be saints. Just like Dismas, Dismas the good thief on the cross, he could have been living in mortal sin his entire life, and at the very last minute, as he's hanging on the cross next to Jesus Christ, he repents, and he is now Saint Dismas. So even if it's at the very last minute, we say we're sorry, God's mercy is for us us. The message of divine mercy is not that nobody goes to hell. That's not what it is saying. But what it is saying is that no one should have an excuse to not become a saint because God will literally offer us his grace up to the very last moment until the very end of our lives. And so that's essentially what St. Faustina's invitation to the church, divine mercy is all about. It's a reminder that all of us are invited by God to be in a relationship with God, no matter what we've done, we could be murderers, we could be prostitutes, we could be drug dealers, uh, we could be cartels, we could be pimps, we could be thugs, uh, we could be, I mean, like, you, you name it, right? We could do it, right? And at, at the end of our life, if we simply repent, God will welcome us in heaven. He will certainly purify us by his blood through purgatory, but we will be welcome to the kingdom of heaven. So there's no excuse for any of us. And Divine Mercy Sunday makes it clear that the worst of sinners are called to be the greatest of saints. And we we see this throughout salvation history. Again, David used his power to, uh, to take advantage of Bathsheba as king and have her husband killed. And God's mercy was for him. Moses killed a man. God's mercy was for him. He got to see Jesus Christ face to face. Notice it was a murderer from the Old Testament who was the first to see Jesus Christ face to face in the on the top of Mount Tabor during the transfiguration. Paul, he separated moms from their kids and husbands from their wives and was responsible for the death of Stephen, the martyr in Acts the Apostles. And God called him to write the majority of the New Testament. No one, no one is beyond God's love and mercy. So it's important that we pray this devotion uh, for the worst of sinners to become the greatest of saints. With that being said, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our saint for the show. And of course, you could probably guess that the saint for the show is St. Maria Faustina. I'm going to share a little fun fact or a few facts about her life. Stay tuned.
1: Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz. I am the host of the Catechism in a Year podcast. If you've been following along with us, you know that God's plan for us is a plan of sheer goodness, that He wants to bring us into a relationship with Him. You know that already. One of the ways that God actually brings us into this relationship and keeps us, sustains us in this relationship is through the sacraments. Again, you might know that already. You might further know that so many of us miss out on the beauty and the power of the sacraments, but Ascension has an answer to this. Ascension has created two new programs. One is called Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation. The second is Received, Your Journey Towards First Holy Communion. We know that our youth, they're our future. And yet at the same time, it's so hard oftentimes to reach them with this incredible news of God's love for them in reconciliation, God's love for them in the Eucharist. If you wanna check out Ascension's new program, Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation, and Received, Your Journey Towards First Communion, go to ascensionpress.com and sign up for a free preview.
0: And we are back again. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash Ask Father Josh. You can rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages if the show is helpful for you. It might be helpful for your friends on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the list goes on and on and on. And our saint for the day is Saint Faustina, right? Uh, She established divine mercy. You know, it's one of the... There's so many really amazing things about St. Faustina. She was poor. She was a poor, poor woman from Poland. Grew up in a very poor family. She was not educated. She only went to school for three years. She had a third grade education. So she was an uneducated woman living in poverty. Divine Mercy Chaplet, Divine Mercy Sunday, Divine Mercy Novena has been given to us. Divine mercy image that is practically all over the world. Most of our churches and homes have this image. That was the fruit of the prayer of a woman who was uneducated and poor. How many uneducated, poor women is God calling to become great saints? That means that you and I need to be proximate to women who are in our geographical boundaries are uneducated and who are poor. (laughs) So this uneducated poor woman left home as a teenager to go make money for her family. And so she worked as a maid. She wasn't a speaker at Catholic conferences. And that's how she was making money for her family, though that is a great gift that many women offer to the church today. She wasn't a doctor or a nurse or a nurse practitioner, though that is a great way that many women provide for their families. She was a maid. And that's how she provided money for her family back home. She was also a woman who, though she was faithful to God and went to church every Sunday, she, she wasn't like uber churchy. She didn't see the world as something bad. And like, to be holy, that means she had to, that means she, she couldn't like listen to secular music. No, like she went to church on Sunday and she partied on Saturday. <laughs> she uh, was at a dance party actually whenever she felt the call from God to become a nun. She was at a dance at a club partying with friends when she perceived God called her to be a nun. And uh, again, cool fact. She wasn't worshiping God at mass when she heard the call. She wasn't adoring Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament and Adoration Chapel when she heard the call. She wasn't studying sacred scripture in a Bible study when she heard the call. She wasn't serving the poor in a homeless shelter when she heard the call. She was in the world participating in a secular activity, listening to secular worldly music, dancing with friends. And it was in that context that she perceived Jesus Christ invite her to be a nun. What's really important about her call is that God doesn't want us to compartmentalize our relationship with him to just churchy things, to praying the rosary and going adoration chapels and doing Bible studies and serving the poor. He wants us to do all those things, but he wants for us to encounter him in churchy things, but also in worldly things as well. When we're playing basketball with our friends, when we're shopping in the grocery store, when we're dancing at the club, God wants to be invited to in every aspect of our life. Just like God called Moses while Moses was outside by a bush and God called Elisha while he was tending to the sheep in the fields at work. God called Faustina while she was dancing at a club. And what's beautiful about this call, Faustina, is that immediately she packed up her bags and left to go find a convent in Poland. Just like Joseph, with, it, the Bible says he immediately got up. When the angel spoke to him in his dream, he immediately took Mary to his home. And whenever the angel spoke to him again after Jesus Christ was born, he immediately took Jesus and Mary to Egypt to protect them. She also immediately left and tried to find a convent that would accept her. And just like Joseph and Mary were rejected from home after home when they were trying to find a place to give birth to Jesus. She was rejected from convent after convent because she was an uneducated, poor woman. And many convents were looking for educated women. They were looking for rich women and they turned her down. And finally, she found a convent that accepted her. And the convent that accepted her, it wasn't the most ideal convent. They weren't the most pious woman. They weren't super holy. They weren't very attentive to God in prayer. But She was. She was. And your parish might not be the most holy parish, might, might not be the most pious parish, might not be a parish that really cares about the poor, but you can be holy and you can be pious and you can care about the poor. And so she did, even though they weren't attentive to God, she was. She was so attentive to God and she was attentive to her duties. And just like God called her while she was dancing at a club, God began to speak to her through apparitions and locutions. Through visions, through these supernatural phenomena, while she was doing ordinary tasks in the convent, while she was scrubbing the floor and washing the dishes and doing the laundry, God began to speak to her. And that is the context in which God shared with her his divine mercy. Her life, her witness, it communicates something to us. We are invited to be open to God's grace, be open to God's voice at all times, in all places, in all spaces not just in the church or in the chapel or during the study or with the poor. Certainly we do those things every day. But in addition to doing those things, we allow God to communicate to us in his will way and time and our walk toward eternity. And he might want us to go to adoration every day just so he can look at us and we can look at him in silence. And then he's going to speak to us whenever we're hanging out with our kids or whenever we're at work with our coworkers or we're playing ball with our friends. The, The Lord wants us to be open to his face and his voice at all times. And if we are, then we can also, like her, St. Faustina, respond generously. And he might give us a message that might not just impact our local community, but in 100 years, that might impact the entire world, just like this nun's message has now gone throughout the whole world. So with that, we invite you, St. Faustina, to pray for us. God bless you. Pray to Our Mercy Chaplet this week. Go to Our Mercy Sunday Mass. Go to confession if you can and receive those graces that are for you and for the whole world. And if you haven't ever heard it sung, oh, it's fire. For the sake mm, of a sorrowful passion, mm, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Woo, 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 woo. All right, deuces.